Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the College to Pro.com NFL Draft Blast. of the C2P. I'm your show host, Bo Marchant. As always, we appreciate you folks stopping by and joining us as we bring you the next collection of tomorrow's draft stars, and we bring them to you today here on the C2P platform. And today we're headed to Dartmouth. Once again, we're going to be joined with their standout receiver, Hunter Hagdorn. Um, Hunter, welcome to the program. How's the day treating you? It's going well. How about yourself? Uh, it's going great. Um, You know, uh, you know, you're you're not, you're the, our second from last guest. After we get done with you, we're, we have a, a Louisiana Tech kid coming on, and uh, then we'll wrap things up. But a busy day, and we love uh, sharing all you guys with our audience. Um, now, people are going to listen in, and they might look at the stats. And and for you, I'm I'm curious because um, earlier today we had uh, Henry Litwin on from Slippery Rock, and uh, you know their offense was just you know almost video game style. You guys at Dartmouth. Tremendous success, but offensively, you were not a run-heavy team. So, I mean, people wouldn't look at your stats. They're like, they're not going to be gaudy stats. So I really think that kind of speaks to the character of what you bring to the receiver position because, you know, it was a limited offense that you did passing-wise, but success nonetheless. What was it like playing in an offense where, you know, it was more run, you know, predominantly run, and, and you're going to do a lot of fast blocking and be a decoy? Yeah, I mean, uh, we had a lot of weapons uh, here at Dartmouth uh, this year. We had a great class for the uh, for the 2020 guys. And so, um, you know, we, we dealed with a little dual threat quarterback situation where we had, you know, a guy that would come in and pass uh, for us the majority of the time and then a guy that would run the wildcat but also offered some passing options. Uh, you know, we, we did what we had to do to win. And, uh, you know, with the with the setup of guys we had this year, uh, it was it was pretty much lean on the run, and then uh, and then pass when we needed big plays, and pass when we needed some, you know, explosive uh, tendencies to work out for us, and you know, score some touchdowns, and we did that. And so uh, just being surrounded by a great group of guys uh, allowed us to balance the offense instead of, you know, maybe being completely run heavy or an air raid offense. Uh, it gave us that kind of like equilibrium middle ground. Definitely, and, I, and for the folks out there listening, in the Ivy League. Dartmouth was seventh in passing, but they were the last in passing attempts at 232. The next team was at 290. And and this is, what, I guess, a long way around that, that I went. So I'm going through your numbers, and then I noticed the last game against Brown, you have 12 catches <laughs> for 152 yards and a touchdown. Hunter, what was it like when, you know, you basically, and I did the, I did the numbers, your four previous games, I believe, you had 13 total receptions. In the last game, you had 12. Mm-hmm. So what was it like with just just onslaught of passes coming against Brown? Yeah, so, you know, from the beginning of my freshman year, you know, we were a very pass-heavy team. And then with some coaching changes, things kind of switched around a little bit. And with some player changes as well, uh, you know, great quarterbacks coming and going. Uh, you know, we just did what we had to do to win. And uh, so we've been in that situation where we've been 
you know, an air raid team in the past. And so, you know, I was, I was able to uh, lean on that experience and uh, you know, it was, it was a championship game last game of the season uh, winners uh, winner gets a ring. And so uh, we did what we had to do and, and that was lean on the receiving core and, and, you know, we were, we were prepared for that moment. So uh, we couldn't have asked for a better finish. I couldn't have asked for a better finish for my career to go out on a game like that and, and, you know, go out as a champion. And so, uh, you know, just being prepared day in and day out for, for when your time comes and, and, uh, and that Saturday was, was that time. So it was a good one. Excellent stuff. Once again, Hunter Hagdorn, the standout receiver from Dartmouth, kind enough to join us here on the C2P, Apple Music, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, and PolishedPro.com. All opportunities to listen and download this interview at your leisure. Um, so let's kind of go back way. So I believe you're a Texas native. I mean, were you playing Pop Warner or Pee Wee Hunter? And if you were, were you that kid? I mean, were you better way back then? Were you the, you know, the young kid scoring four or five touchdowns every weekend? <laughs> yeah, Texas football is uh, is the mecca, as as we would like to think. <laughs> Uh, you know, from from little league ball all the way up to high school, you know, uh, just being surrounded by great athletes and uh, and and high competition. You know, it's a it's a very passion fueled sport. You know, down there in, in Texas, and uh, and and that's where where our pride comes from. Uh, you know, I, I went to a you know a fantastic powerhouse high school, and uh, and have, have been thankful for every opportunity I've had just to surround myself with you know, the best competition day in and day out growing up. And then, you know, uh, a little bit of a switch coming to the Ivy League. But, you know, it, it was a more of a lifetime decision um, with, with the opportunity to continue playing football. But, uh, yeah, I, I credit Texas football uh, to a lot of my success for sure. Definitely. And I'm glad you brought up, the, you know, the, the opportunity to go to Dartmouth. I mean, uh, I mean, for you, I mean, the talent is there. I mean, uh, Doug Lilly, you know, you know him, represents you. Um, speaks so highly of you, and you know we spoke the other day, and he was just raving about you know mm-hmm. what he thinks of you. Um, but for you, I mean, kind of take us to the path of how you ended up, you know, up north, you know, coming from Texas, and and what that transition was like, just you know, arriving in the Ivy League. Because nonetheless, I mean, Ivy League is a hell of a quality, you know, level play of football. I mean, it's no joke. Mm-hmm. And what was it like, just you know, getting your feet, I guess, you know, underneath you and kind of taking off? Yeah. So uh, coming out of high school. Uh, in the class of 2016, we had uh, about 15 Division One players come out in my class at Manville, and uh, and and so we it, it was it was a good time, you know, to to be at that school and, and be su- surrounded by the guys that I was with. Um, you know, I had a couple Power Five offers coming out, a couple Division One single A offers, uh, and I when when I received my my first offer from Harvard. That was the first Ivy League school that pulled the trigger. Um, and just realizing that, that that was maybe an opportunity, uh, one that doesn't come very often for, you know, where I'm from, for kids where I'm from. And so uh, realizing that that it was going to be a 40-year decision rather than a four-year decision was a huge thing for me. And uh, so I, I realized early on I wanted to go play in the Ivy League. Uh, something my pops always told me was if they're good – if you're good, then they'll find you. And, uh, and so we weren't too worried about, you know, the NFL opportunities moving forward. And, and we said, you know, go and get an Ivy league education and, uh, and, and play your best football. And, uh, and if you're good, they'll find you. And, uh, and here we are. And it's, it's worked out pretty well. I had a great career at Dartmouth and, 
you know, I uh, I couldn't be more thankful for for the opportunity that I was able to have and and take advantage of. And you definitely took advantage of it. And now we're talking. Um, you know, the draft is in April, and you're you're a legit NFL draft prospect hunter. Um, when do you kind of get the realization that what you're doing on Saturday possibly could lead to a career on Sundays? I mean, do the coaches, you know, keep you know, kind of like, you know, pecking in your ear saying, Hunter, keep this up. We, we like what you're doing. I mean, do you kind of have some big games against big talent? How do you really get the sense that, you know, this is a legit opportunity in front of you? Yeah, I, um, you know, it, it's starting to become, you know, more and more real as the days go on. But, you know, dur- during the four years that, that I've been at Dartmouth, uh, something I, I learned and, and have tried to value is just taking uh, taking advantage of the moments and uh, and cherishing those moments when you know when they're presented to you and uh, and just living in them you know not looking too far ahead not reminiscing in the past too much and uh, just capitalizing on on the moment that's right in front of you and uh, and you know if you do that then then good things will come and so you know it the NFL uh, dream has you know been a, a long time thing for me since I was uh, you know just a young kid playing peewee football but you know just taking advantage of every opportunity while it's in front of you and and living in that moment and cherishing it has been probably the most important part for me and not looking too far ahead and uh, just knowing that taking care of those moments will will lead to uh, to greater results in the end excellent and how about this one i mean we ask all the guys that come on the program I mean, we throw you in that film room, Hunter, with these NFL scouts. They're breaking down tape. Uh, what do you think they're going to love about what you bring to that wide receiver position? What are those qualities that they're going to, you know, kind of give you a nudge on the shoulder and say, damn, Hunter, you do these things very, very well? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as we discussed a little bit before, you know, just the, the versatility uh, that I can bring to the table. There, There's a lot of film of playing outside, playing inside, uh, you know, taking some handoffs, punt return, kick return. You know, give, giving uh, every option, you know, the team every option to succeed and win and being able to play multiple positions. Uh, you know, I've, I've been in offenses that have been very pass-heavy. I've been in offenses that have been very run-heavy. And, uh, you know, the effort stays the same throughout all of it, uh, realizing that it's, it's bigger than yourself and, it, and it's for the team. And, uh, and that's how you win championships, and that's what we did here at Dartmouth. And so, uh, you know, just being a part of that winning program, having that mentality as well as that versatility, um, you know, I, I think uh, I think we have a good shot with that. Awesome. How about this one? And we just do this to benefit you. Does anything go unnoticed? I mean, maybe team captain, weight room warrior, film junkie. Uh, I mean, you alluded to a lot of things, but is there anything that these guys need to know about that they may not know just by, you know, just doesn't show up on tape? Yeah, I think that uh, the one of the most important things uh, that, that I – have really cherished at Dartmouth is, is the opportunities I had, you know, very young to come in to a program that doesn't have, uh, that doesn't bring you in over your freshman summer, uh, that, that summer before your first fall season to come straight into fall camp and, uh, and, you know, start over 30 something games uh, when, when we only have 10 games a season to start 30 something out of 40 games in my career uh, and to pick that up and uh, and be a part of a winning program, to be a multiple All Ivy guy, uh, win freshman Rookie of the Year of the Ivy League, and um, and you know just to have the great relationships that I have with the teammates that surround me uh, on such a, uh, while being a part of such a successful and uh, and winning program, I, I think is is very important. 
definitely. And I, I, I love what you, uh, you know, you, I mean, you were the Earl Hamilton uh, award winner, like you said, as a freshman. I think that's such an enormous thing. I mean, I love when I get kids on the show and there's some sort of reference to, you know, playing as a true freshman or they get awards. I mean, because, yeah, I mean, you did it. Uh, you know, I mean, you're basically leaving high school, and then a few months later, you're arriving at a big time program, and you know, you're making a contribution to a big program. And and again, you know, you build on that, and that's why I really love the the ascending of your career. Is you know, that was your platform, your foundation, and you build on that. Hunter, it's uh, fantastic. Now, this is a cliche question, but I really think it helps the audience kind of better know our guests. Um, do you get comparisons to anyone? I mean, is there anybody out there that, you know, family, friends might say, hey, you remind us of this guy or just someone that you like to adapt your game to that is at the next level? <laughs> yeah, I think I think one of the easy ones that everybody makes a comparison to is, is you know, a guy like Julian Edelman um, or like the, the Wes Walkers and Amendolas of the world. Um, you know, th- those are kind of easy with with the uh the white slot receiver and outside receiver thing going on but you know though you know to be compared uh to an nfl mvp like super bowl mvp is um you know is is something that i don't think can go unnoticed and so if if that's the guy that that people are comparing me to then, then i'm fine with that you know um a guy that can go you know inside and outside can be targeted a lot throughout the game can bring a wide array of, uh, of skills to, to the offensive side of the football uh, and to take advantage of every opportunity and make spectacular plays. Uh, you know, I think that's something like a guy like Julian Edelman represents and has done throughout his career coming from, you know, a small school as well and getting an opportunity to play on that big stage and taking advantage of it and capitalizing, you know, maybe a little undersized or too slow or something like that. You know, we've heard it all, but um to continue to succeed, you know, the numbers don't lie. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think I, I've proven that at Dartmouth, you know, I went out as a champion and, uh, and I'm also ready to play at the next level. So. I love it, man, man, you get me all fired up, Hunter, man, Hunter's getting us going here on the C2P. I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, also real quick, uh, people who listen all the time, uh, we, Edel, we've had Edelman on, we're, we're not far from Kent state. So, uh, you know, we, we saw him do it. Uh, we had him on the show and I, I remember, uh, Akron and Kent State are about 30 minutes, 20, about 25 minutes apart. Both their pro days are on the same day. He did Kent's, and then he went over to Akron's field house. And uh, Charlie Fry, the quarterback at the time, uh, for the Browns, he uh, threw him some passes. And then Charlie told me we were sitting there afterwards. He goes, this kid's going to make it. I'll never forget that. And hopefully it transcends <laughs> to you. Um, Hunter, we're almost out of time. But before we let you go, we always like to have some fun with our guests. Um, you ready to take a few shots for some off-the-wall things? Absolutely. All right, let's take us uh, take us through a. I don't. I guess is there any rituals for Hunter Hadorn? I mean, do you have any rituals pregame? Oh yeah. Um, so pregame, go through a little stretch, warm up, and then throw some routes. Uh, on on the last route, you know, go over to the end zone, to the uh, home side goalposts, and um, and you know, say a little prayer. You know, thank uh, thank the Lord for for the blessings He's given us, and uh, the opportunity to step on the field again healthy. Uh, and then other than that, you know, some, some casual writing on the cleats uh, for every game and then, uh, and then, and then the same socks uh, every game. And I tend to switch it up every year uh, with, with what I do uh, accessory wise on the socks. But uh, once it starts for that season and, and, and it's going well, then, then we're going to keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you can't, don't mess with uh, rituals and traditions. How about this? Take us inside that big green locker room 
Um, did anyone have any off the wall nickname and how'd they get it? Oh, off the wall nicknames. Um, so something that uh, I don't know too. I wouldn't say we have one guy with with any extreme off the wall nicknames. And if they do, I'd, I'd probably rather not say it. But um, something that we <laughs> noticed uh, at the beginning of the season is everybody goes by their last name. There's out of 120 guys that we have in the locker room um, each and every day. There's maybe only two or three guys that go by their first name, and other than that, every other person is referred to day in and day out by their last name, whether you're in, you know, the athletic department or you're out on campus around class or, you know, in the dining hall, everybody's kind of on a last name basis, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I love it. And then the final one for you, um, coach Stevens, coach T, um, does anybody do a great impersonation of him? Would they do it in front of him? <clears throat> yeah, we got a coach T gets fired up, man, right before games. And uh, and we got a couple of guys that can replicate that. Um, but the t- the two more funnier ones is uh, our offensive line coach, Coach Clark. We had a running back that graduated last year. Uh, his name's Matt Sheeran, and he he would do a a um, impersonation of Coach Clark, um, you know, during camp and have everybody dying. The other one is our defensive coordinator, uh, Don Dobes. Uh, Don Dobes is the most passionate guy I've ever met in my life. He's cried before every college football game I've played, you know, with him. And, um, and we have a, you know, a former quarterback, Jimmy Fitzgerald, and he, uh, and he does a Dobes impression that is spread around campus. And, uh, we're, we're, we even have the basketball guys now doing, uh, coach Dobes impressions <laughs> around campus. So it's, uh, we have a lot of fun with our coaches. It's something that, uh, is what makes this environment, you know, so pure and uh, and so fun to be around and, uh, you know, just encourages the players to, you know, put it all on the line, not only for their teammates and themselves, but, you know, for the coaching staff and their families and, you know, everybody else that supports us. So it's a lot of fun. Hunter, fabulous show. I, I can't speak enough of uh, how thankful and uh, how wonderful you did. Uh, you know, we like to say, stay humble, stay hungry, be blessed. And I can't wait to, you know, kind of follow you as you make your path towards this next level. But uh, I know when you do some one-on-one interviews with your with these scouts, when they uh, pop by, um, they're going to be so pleasantly, uh, you know, uh, thrilled to talk with you. You come across as a great young man. But, again, stay humble, stay hungry, be blessed. And we appreciate you uh, sharing some time here on the C2P. Absolutely. Thank you so much. No problem at all. Once again, that is from Dartmouth, and I, I, I could we could have went on for a whole nother hour. Do you guys realize earlier in the show that he said he went from, to Manville in Texas? They had 15 D1 offers on one team. That's that's mind-boggling. But again, I, this kid's seen it. Like you said, they pass heavy, run heavy. This kid has kind of showcased so many skills, and I was really excited to get him on. So as always, we appreciate you listening to the C2P. <laughs> This has been a C2P exclusive.